Hey, I'm Emily Jordan, and this is Emily Jordan Radio, my podcast, where I host interviews and solo episodes to motivate, inspire, educate, and entertain you. I'm a 20-something hardcore empath, creative spirit, and women's personal trainer, and I'm really interested in the relationship between what we think of our bodies and how we show up in our lives. This podcast covers everything from physical health to personal development to just figuring out how to live happily and healthily. I write, record, edit, and produce every episode myself, and it means a lot to me that you're here listening. You can find more of my life and work on Instagram at double underscore Emily Jordan double underscore or online at www.emilyjordan.me or you can contact me directly at emily at emilyjordan.me. Thanks for being here and let's get started with today's episode. Hello, podcast friends, podcast family, new listeners, old listeners. Hey, everybody, it's Emily, and we are about three days out from my 26th birthday, hence the title of this episode. So true to my nature, um, I am just mooding out. That's a new term. Let's make it happen. I am mooding out hard on some self-reflection and some introspection and just, you know, life evaluation in a healthy way because another year of life is complete, another year of change and challenge and growth. And this past year was actually kind of a really big year for me. I think looking back pretty much every year since about year 22 has been a pretty pivotal year in some way or another. And 26 was no different. I actually successfully completed my individual insurance stuff today. So you could say I'm, I'm feeling pretty successful. I'm feeling pretty adulty, pretty qualified to give you the following 26 pieces of advice. Um, I think for maybe my 24th birthday, I did an episode called 24 things I've learned in 24 years or something like that. And I thought about mimicking that for year 26, like 26 things I've learned. But I think a lot of my learnings are actually (laughs) pretty similar, like they'd be kind of the same, which means I guess I can't say I actually learned them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have learned them again. But anyway, um, I also wanted to just try and make a birthday episode that was a little more valuable to you and not all about me. I mean, I am a Leo. I am creating an entire episode for my own birthday. There's no denying I'm a little self-absorbed, but hey, I can't help it. That is just, um, you know, the responsibility of the planets, the stars, and space stuff, right? I would also like to say, again, in true Leo fashion, These are some pretty spot-on, useful pieces of advice, if I may say so myself, and I may, because it's almost my birthday. But I'm just saying, you're welcome, and please let me know which ones you feel the most, which ones you needed to hear, or maybe even which ones you might not agree with. Okay, let's get started. Number one. Speak up before the boiling point. Pause. I should add that these are in the most random order. Like, they're in the order in which they came into my head. So please don't read into the numbering any more than for the sake of I numbered them to keep track of how much free advice I'm giving you. Okay? All right. Unpause. Okay. So I think a lot of times when we have something on our minds, good or bad, we tend to wait too long to say it. And for me, this is most obvious and most applicable in my romantic relationship. Michael and I talk about this often and we say to each other a lot, like, why didn't you say something sooner? And again, in good and bad ways, I can think of just a ton of instances in my friendships, in my work, in conversations with my family, just everywhere in my life where 
I'm nervous to say something because I don't want to either hurt someone's feelings or I don't want to make myself vulnerable. And then inevitably shit reaches a certain point where you kind of just burst. And I don't think anything is delivered appropriately or effectively when we let it get to that point. If I need to tell someone, hey, this isn't working for me, then I need to say that and not wait until they notice because they might never notice. And then I'm going to start resenting that person and end up ripping them a new one for no reason when I could have just sucked it up and addressed the problem before it got to that point. So again, this applies to so many other areas besides relationships. It's important to do this at work within your family. Um, even like with your doctor or therapist or trainer or someone like who's helping you with your own personal improvement or health, like speak up before it gets to the quote unquote boiling point, before it gets to the point where your emotions are going to take over the conversation, right? This has been a huge recurring lesson for me, probably more so this year because Michael and I started living together. Okay, number two, use gratitude as a weapon or protection mechanism. Okay, I love this one and I think of this so much and I have to tell myself this so much and honestly, it works so well that if you don't take anything else away from this episode, I'll be perfectly happy if you just take this piece of advice. Use gratitude as a weapon. Use gratefulness as a protection mechanism from negative thinking, from pessimism, from anxiety, aggravation, literally something as simple as being annoyed about traffic. Be grateful you have a car. Be grateful that you have somewhere to go. That's a privilege. When you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious because you're facing an unknown chapter of your life, be grateful for the people around you. Be grateful for the challenges that are about to help you grow, for the little things like a good cup of coffee or just a cozy night in of Netflix. Seriously, when I get in moments or moods where I'm just aggravated or I'm scared or mad or anxious, I say to myself, Use gratitude as your weapon. And I literally start to just slash those feelings with a sword of gratitude, like, I'm grateful for my health. I'm thankful for my family. I'm so grateful for where I live. And like, it just puts things into perspective and it helps you see things besides the negative stuff. Number three, meditate. Um, that's kind of all I have to say about this, but of course, I'm going to say more. I know that meditation is both like hashtag trendy right now and also a little woo wooey for some people. They hear meditation and they think of like a monk sitting cross-legged in silence or they think that won't work for me. That's not what I need. And one of my biggest rebuttals to that and what I'm going to leave you with for now, otherwise I'll go off on some huge tangent, is this. Can it hurt to try it? Like if you think, oh, that's just some juju stuff, that's witchcraft, weird things, but you also feel lost or anxious or lonely or disconnected or doubtful, or you just want something more from your life, then why not at least try it? Like what else is working for you then? Meditation, not in the cross-legged sense, but in the intentional, centered, peaceful thinking sense has been so powerful for me. And that's why I'm including it on this list of advices, advice, advices. I don't know the plural of that. Anyway, meditate, do it, try it, practice it. Number four, have some way of measuring your progress. Boom. Let's talk about progress. Um, progress for most people is the biggest motivator, hands down, in life, in fitness, in health, in work. Like seeing yourself move from point A to point B and then again to point C, that's so satisfying. And it gives you so much fuel to keep moving forward. Everyone needs some way of measuring their progress in any area of their life. Not just because it's motivating, but because if you have no way of gauging whether or not you're moving forward, whether or not you're growing, you're A, 
going to be super hard on yourself and just super self-critical. And B, you run the risk of staying stagnant, like of staying in the same place forever. And that would be just such a sad way to live. Luckily, I think for most of us, it's actually hard to stay in the same place. Like life kind of forces you to move. But the other danger, the danger of intense self-criticism and just beating yourself up is just as painful. We have such a bad tendency to beat up on ourselves and feel like we suck and we're so far behind when in reality, most of us are growing and changing so much every year. We just have no way of measuring that progress or we never look back at the progress we made. So my advice here is to find and implement ways to measure your progress. One thing I like to do for just my life progress in general is I have this list of like 10 simple questions in my phone. Things like, where do you live? What are you most stressed about right now? What are you most excited about? What's a goal you have for the next six weeks? Things like that. Um, You can come up with your own questions. And then I set a notification in my calendar that prompts me to answer those questions every six months. And it's so simple, but it's so neat and it's so powerful because it always lets me look back and see like, damn, that's where I was. I forgot about that. Or I can't believe I was so stressed about that. Look how it turned out. It's really cool. And I think we all need some way of measuring our progress in life, in health, in relationships, in our work, everything. Okay, number five, talk to strangers. This one's pretty self-explanatory, and sorry mom and dad for all those years of training not to talk to strangers, but I'm really a proponent of talking to strangers. Not just so that you can meet new people, but because I think we vastly underestimate the power of saying good morning when you pass someone, or asking the cashier at Walgreens how her day is going. Like, I think the world is so starved for connection, just simple, small connections, like a hi, how are you, good morning. And I think if everyone talked to everyone they came in contact with every day, like it would just be such a cool world. So let's all talk to strangers more. Number six, believe in yourself or no one else can. All right, this one sounds super cheesy, I'll admit. Like it sounds like something I would have totally drawn in bubble letters and then put on my bedroom door as a teenager. But It's so true and something that life and the universe have really been teaching me this past year and it's kind of just now solidifying and sinking in is how to believe in myself and that I have to believe in myself. I have to be confident in what I have to offer. I have to own my uniqueness or else no one else can really believe in me either. Um, It's not that no one else will, but no one else really can believe in you if you don't believe in yourself. So for me, This has shown up a ton in my business pursuits and just the birth and evolution of new ideas that I have. Like, if I don't have confidence and conviction about what I'm doing and what I'm pitching to people, what I bring to the table as a trainer, as a coach, as a writer, as a creator, how can I expect other people to believe in my ideas and my work, right? And so I think it's essential that we all develop our own inner confidence in ourselves or else no one around us can really have that confidence in us either. Number seven, invest in some good, fun, reusable grocery bags. Seriously, critical advice here. Save the planet, y'all. But also, carry all your groceries up in one trip. Two birds, one stone. Actually, let's not kill the birds because that's kind of in direct contrast with saving the planet, I guess. But anyway, the point is, get some reusable grocery bags if you don't have them already. Like, come on, y'all. It's the 21st century. These things are fun. They make grocery shopping way easier. And you won't end up with a million useless plastic bags under your sink, which, by the way, if you have that collection like I do, go bring those to a grocery store and recycle them. Number eight, 
it's okay to say, I don't know, and ask questions. So I think the older we get, the more we tell ourselves that we should know stuff. And the stupider we start to feel when we don't know stuff, which makes us avoid asking questions or actually just straight up saying, I don't know what that means because we don't want to look stupid. Case in point, I was signing up for my own health insurance the other day. I don't even know if signing up for health insurance is a term, but that's what I'm going to say. Um, I'm super ignorant to how a lot of that type of stuff works. And I wanted to be independent and grown and just like do it on my own. I'm 26, but there were so many questions and I also didn't want to waste my time and my money. So I ended up calling the lady who was helping me and I just told her like, look, I need some help. And that can be so liberating to just admit to yourself, like, I need some help with this. I actually don't know everything. I'm not supposed to know this. And the only way to know something that you don't know is not to know it in the first place. So actually, I think the dumbest thing we can do is stay in that place of not knowing because our egos are too big for us to say, I don't know what I'm doing and I need some help. So remember that it's okay to say, I don't know. And it's okay to ask questions. You're not dumb. You're just not all knowing. Get over it. Numero nine. I don't know how to say nine in Spanish. It's okay to nap. Yes. Even though I suck at napping, like I just can't fall asleep. And if I do, I'm more tired when I do wake up. I mean this in a literal sense and also a metaphorical sense. I used to just be really anti-napping because for me, since I work a lot from home, I felt like that was kind of sleeping on the job. I felt lazy. I felt like I was cheating. Like, okay, surely there must be something that needs to be done to where I don't have time for this. And in a metaphorical sense, I also used to suck at resting in general or taking time off in general from the gym, from work, from anything. Like I felt like I had to always be go, go, go and on, on, on. But I realized I am much better at everything I do when I'm rested. I work a lot better after I unplug and turn out the lights for 20 minutes and just close my eyes. I run faster when I don't run every single day. Um, I'm more fun to be around when I do take time off of work. So this is a huge piece of advice. I think that all of us could use literally and metaphorically. It is okay to nap. Number 10, try something new. I love this one, but it's honestly so hard. The reason we don't try new things is because new stuff makes us confront that I don't know feeling and that feeling of being stupid. And that's super uncomfortable. So we tend to shy away from new stuff. But this past year, I tried a lot of new stuff. Um, I tried boxing. I joined an entrepreneur group. I tried Bumble BFF. I met a lot of people through social media. I tried swimming. I attempted to grow herbs and I failed miserably. But in trying all of those new things, I was also forced to like go to new places in my mind and I got to meet new people and I had to ask myself a lot of new questions and everything was just a really neat experience and I think we all should try new things way more often than we do. I'd really like to prioritize that. Number 11, let go of something that you cling really tightly to and see what happens. Hmm, I talk about this or think about this one a lot actually. The idea of quote, giving up something temporarily and seeing what your life looks like without it. Kind of like a Jenga puzzle. Like if you pull one piece out of your life, what happens to the rest of your life? Does it crash and tumble? Can it stay stable? I thought of this during Lent this year and it's one of the reasons I actually really love Lent is because when you abstain from something that's typically a normal part of your day or normal part of your life, you actually start to notice so many things about your life. You like, it's almost like it highlights a lot of other stuff, but it's really hard because it works best if you 
quote, give up something that's really habitual for you, like eating candy every day, checking Instagram too much, cursing, like anytime you remove a huge piece of your life like that, you're forced to see the hole that it left. And sometimes you realize I can actually totally exist without this. And I never really needed it in this way in the first place. So I challenge you to let go of something that you cling really tightly to something that's really an integral part of your daily routine or your lifestyle and just see what happens. You can go back to that thing, but give it up completely and just see what happens. Number 12, put fun things on your calendar or else you're never going to do them. Oh goodness, we are at the age where we have to schedule FaceTime dates with our friends and happy hour meetups or else they don't happen, you know? Like, it's really not even because I'm so busy, it's just because I'm lazy and I forget and there's just not the same opportunities for those things to happen organically as there were when we were 18 or 19 or even just in high school. So for me, one thing I've learned is to actually schedule out those fun things, like put it in the calendar, even fun things for just myself. Like I will put fun, non-work related things in my calendar or else I know I'll keep pushing them to the side. I'll never do them. So what are some fun things that you know you need to do that you need to actually schedule for yourself so that you'll actually do them? Go put those in your calendar. Number 13, volunteer. So I am not great at this one, admittedly, but I did volunteer at a couple things this year and it just felt so good. It was so neat. It was so fun and it's something I want to do more of. So I'm just going to encourage you to do the same. Number 14, give yourself treats. Okay, similar to number 12 here about scheduling fun things for yourself, treat yourself more often. And I'm not talking about treat yourself to expensive things or unhealthy things like Treat your soul to things, right? I have the worst habit of like saving and hoarding things like face masks or candles or bottle of wine for this like ultimate special occasion in my head that never happens because I keep moving the bar for that special occasion every time I think about indulging in that thing I'm hoarding. And I also act like I will never ever buy another candle or face mask in my life, which every single trip to TJ Maxx points against that. But... I think it's so important just with every day and every year that passes to just allow myself those treats more often. Not so often that they lose their value, but like more often than I do. It sounds weird, but it makes you feel good about yourself when you give yourself treats. Um, face masks, a good cup of coffee, a fresh pastry, a car wash, like whatever it is, if it feels like a treat for you, do it more often. Number 15. Remember that startup or activation energy is often the hardest type of energy to acquire. Ooh, boom. This one is deep, y'all. So something that comes up a lot in my work and just in conversation with people, probably given the nature of what I do, is like, how do I get motivated? Or I don't feel like doing X, Y, Z. And I think it's really important to remember that A... You don't need to feel like doing something and you don't need to feel motivated in order to do that thing. And B, that startup energy, that initial energy required to get off the couch and to go do that thing you don't feel like doing, that is the hardest type of energy to acquire. Like that's the hardest step of the whole thing is getting started. So if you can remember that, if you can tell yourself, okay, after I get going, after I take this step, everything will flow more smoothly. Not every step is going to feel this way. It makes getting started a little easier. Startup energy or activation energy is so, so hard to get sometimes. But I promise you, once you get going on whatever it is you don't feel like doing right now, 
momentum's going to kick in and you won't have to fight that battle at every step of the process. Number 16. Just because you don't look at your bank account doesn't mean it isn't empty. <laughs> LOL, but not really. Dude, I hate checking my bank account. Not because I'm like poor or that I don't use my money wisely, but because you can't lie about your bank account. Like there ain't no arguing with what you see when you open up that app, you know? And again, this is another metaphor. Just because you don't look at things doesn't mean they aren't there. Like just because I don't look at my account doesn't mean I didn't spend the money. You can only pretend to ignore stuff. You can't actually ignore it into non-existence. So just because you're not facing your problems doesn't mean they're not there. Check your bank account. Don't fool yourself into thinking you can hide from reality. Number 17, something is almost always better than nothing. Oi, this one's real too. Um, I think most of us are more afraid of the potential for a negative outcome. We're afraid of what bad things might happen. And so we often choose inaction over action because we feel like at least by doing nothing, we're avoiding that bad thing that might happen. At least if we make no decision and we stay right where we are, we can have the quote unquote certainty of feeling like we didn't mess up. But if we make a choice, if we open our mouths, if we make a move, what if it's the wrong one? What if we say the wrong thing? What if we choose poorly? We're so afraid of that if that we tell ourselves that we're better off doing nothing. And I think that in most cases, something is better than nothing. A small effort is better than no effort at all. Even the wrong effort is better than no effort at all. Do not let your fear of saying or doing the quote unquote wrong thing keep you immobile. Movement in some direction is almost always better than no movement at all. Number 18, don't take yourself so seriously. One of my all-time favorites here, and it works like a damn charm in just about every anxious, overwhelmed, stressed out situation for me. Like just stopping and telling myself, stop taking yourself so damn seriously, Emily. Like what is serious enough that I have to feel this way to get through it? Most of the time, I am over-exaggerating a problem or a situation in my head because in my world, it feels really big. It's all I can see. It feels really critical and important, and I get so wound up and so high-strung about it, and I have to remind myself, like, Stop taking yourself so seriously. Um, I love this one, and I think you should try it out and see how it works for you too. Number 19, keep a list of things to do when you're sad. So this is something I did at some point this year. I can't really remember when, but when I was just in a funk, I was unhappy at work. I was missing home. I was lonely here. I didn't have a friend group yet. I was just like down and blah and sad. And when you're in that place, you're not in a good space to think about things to do to make yourself feel better, right? Because all you want to do is just lay there and cry or eat pizza and be miserable. <laughs> so something I did that really helped me was when I was in a better mood, I made an actual list in my phone, like typed out a list called things to do when you're sad. And when I get in that dumpy feeling, I open the list and it's been so helpful. I can't even tell you like some things on my list are, are silly, like watch Jimmy Fallon. Um, I also have clean, do the thing I don't feel like doing, draw, get off my phone, go for a walk, super simple things. But when I'm actively sad and crying and in that cycle of feeling like shit, those things seem impossible to think of. So having a list on hand is like having band-aids ready when you have a cut. It's just like, why would we not have some sort of personalized first aid kit for our mental health the same way we do for our physical health, right? Number 20, unsubscribe. 
easy. And I'm doing this one every day, y'all. Unsubscribe from those emails you never read. Unsubscribe from content that is just adding fluff and no value to your life. It feels so good to have a decluttered inbox, um, a more valuable newsfeed, and to only be looking at content that I want to be looking at. So unsubscribe, unfollow, whatever you need to do, do it. Number 21, get a library card. Look, I was 24 the first time I got a library card, and that is too late, y'all. Even if you aren't a huge reader, get a library card. Go walk around the library. Go smell the library, y'all. It smells so good. It smells so nostalgic. Um, it's so quiet in there. It's so peaceful. You can get movies. You can get magazines, which are, like, really expensive now. Um, you can sit in a big, comfy chair and just get away from your normal world for a minute. The library is great. I love it. So go get a library card. Number 22. Find a fun way to exercise. Okay, so naturally something about exercise had to make the list, but I like this one because I think all of us should take the time to do some digging, do some exploring, and find a fun way to exercise. Find something that's fun for you to do. Um, that looks different for all of us, but find out what it is for you. Maybe that's walking at night after dinner. Maybe that's a group class at your local gym. Maybe it's swimming. Maybe it's a hip-hop dance class. Maybe it's martial arts. Maybe it's adult intramurals. Whatever it is, Find a fun way to get moving on a consistent basis. Your body needs it. Your mind needs it. And it doesn't have to be torture. It doesn't have to be a traditional form of exercise. It just needs to be fun and it needs to keep you active. Number 23, be the one that sets things up and initiates plans. Yes. How many times have you been like, oh, I never do anything. I'm so lame or I never get invited anywhere. For me, um, like a thousand times, I literally always say this. And then I'm like, why don't I make the plans? Why don't I invite people? Um, this year, I had that thought about going out with friends. I was like, why do we never do anything? And then Michael and I were both like, why don't we invite people over? Like, we can do that. So we initiated the plans. I also thought one day, hmm, I wish there was a group of women that met up weekly to run or walk together. And then I thought I could totally just start that. So I did. Be the person that initiates things, y'all. Stop waiting on other people to make plans. You rally the group. You send the group text. You invite the person. Quit waiting on someone else to invite you somewhere or for the plans to just fall into your lap. You make the plans. Number 24, take yourself on a date. I did this for legit the first time ever this year, and it was so great. I was also actually kind of nervous, like a real date, because I had never done it. So it was really fun. Um, I actually went to a sushi restaurant, and I just sat at the bar and got a drink, and I got an appetizer, and I got my own sushi roll, and it was a fabulous time all by myself. But I fully support and encourage other kinds of dates, too. Like, take yourself out for coffee and just sit there and sip some coffee with yourself. Um, get yourself a pastry. Take yourself to the park. Order takeout, watch a movie by yourself, um, and don't feel fat and lonely and depressed. Like, feel like it's a date. Even just having that attitude about it can make normal stuff that you do alone more fun. But honestly, if you've never been in the movies or been out to eat by yourself, I challenge you to go do it. It's actually really fun. Number 25, practice that thing you're bad at. The worst, the hardest, oh my gosh, do that thing you're bad at that you hate doing because you're bad at it. Maybe that's cooking, maybe it's drawing, or talking to strangers, leaving voicemails, lifting weights. Whatever you're not comfortable doing because you're not quote unquote good at it, go do it. Not only will you inevitably get better at it, but this is a great way to stretch your mind and just grow yourself too. Okay, number 26. Make sure to see at least one sunrise every year. 
Okay, so I know I said these were in no particular order, but what a great final piece of advice, right? I am personally a super morning person. I love the morning time, so I see a lot of sunrises, but regardless of whether or not you like waking up early, go see the sunrise one day soon. Like, wake up early enough to see it from your porch or go for a drive to see it. Um, Watching the sunrise is such a beautiful, calming, thought-provoking thing that I think it's such a shame to never get to see it because we're sleeping. So make a point of seeing the sunrise at least once this year, hopefully more, but make sure you see it at least once. So there you go, 26 pieces of advice from 26 year old me, which I'm actually kind of cheating a little because I'm still 25 at the time I'm recording this, but these would still be my piece of advice as a 26 year old. As always, I would love to hear from you guys about what you think of the show, maybe what you want to hear more of or what I could do differently to make it more valuable or more entertaining for you. Um, It would also mean a lot if you could share this podcast, either by recommending it to a friend or just letting your social media people know that you're listening. I'm always trying to grow the audience and reach more people. And personally, I love a good new podcast recommendation myself. So please share the love, share the podcast, and I will be back soon, this time with the awesome, awesome interview that I meant to be back with this time. (laughs) So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening and have a great day, guys. I don't want cars, I don't, I don't want